Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity for us to fellowship with you today. These moments are invaluable to us, very, very important, because we know that we receive strength and edification and help from you. We are living in the hour of temptation, surrounded all over. There are temptations that are drawing us, temptations from within, temptations from without. Lord, we cannot move on without you. We pray, Lord, that as we go through our devotion today, we shall receive help from above and strength that will give us the ability to overcome all the temptations we meet. Build us up, O Lord, into the most holy faith. I present myself to you as one who would be speaking that you would put your words in my mouth. Consecrate me to your service, for I am just like every other man with like passion. So I pray, Father, please, Put your words in my mouth and sanctify me and sanctify your children through your word. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage July 4 Wisest among men And he spake of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall He spake also of beasts and of fowl and of creeping things and of fishes 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 33 As the years went by and Solomon's fame increased he sought to honor God by adding to his mental and spiritual strength and by continuing to impart to others the blessings he received. None understood better than he that it was through the favor of Jehovah that he had come into possession of power and wisdom and understanding and that these gifts were bestowed that he might give to the world a knowledge of the king of kings. Solomon took an especial interest in natural history, but his researches were not confined to any one branch of learning. Through a diligent study of all created things, both animate and inanimate, he gained a clear conception of the Creator, in the forces of nature, in the mineral and animal world, and in every tree and shrub and flower, he saw a revelation of God's wisdom, and as he sought to learn more and more, his knowledge of God and his love for him constantly increased. Solomon's divinely inspired wisdom found expression in songs of praise and in many proverbs. In the proverbs of Solomon are outlined principles of holy living and high endeavor, principles that are heaven-born and that lead to godliness, principles that should govern every act of life. It was the wide dissemination of these principles and the recognition of God as the one to whom all praise and honor belong that made Solomon's early reign a time of moral uplift as well as of material prosperity. Oh, that in later years, Solomon had heeded these wonderful words of wisdom. Oh, that he who had declared the lips of the wise dispersed knowledge, as Proverbs 15 verse 7, and who had himself taught the kings of the earth to render to the king of kings the praise they desired to give to an earthly ruler. 
and never with a froward mouth in pride and arrogancy taking to himself the glory due to God alone. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Wisest Among Men. We left off in our devotion looking at the request that Solomon made from God. He did not request for his enemies to be destroyed, neither did he request for long life or riches. And the Lord singled these three things out and said, This was not what you requested for. And because you have requested for an understanding heart, I will give you more than an understanding heart. And the Lord poured out wisdom upon Solomon and even promised him that there would not be anyone before or even after him who would express the kind of wisdom that he would exhibit in Israel and the whole world. And this was exactly what the Lord did. And the Lord showed his great might and wisdom through Solomon. Reading from the book of First Kings chapter 3 from verse 16 it says, Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day, after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night, because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight, and took my son from beside me, while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom, and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, the one saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. And the other said, Nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one, and half to the other. Then speak the woman, whose the living child was, unto the king. For her boils yearned upon her son. And she said, O my lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king, for they saw the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Amen. What a very interesting story to display the wisdom of King Solomon. And many may not understand how this was a display of wisdom. It, it looks like, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Solomon just dealt with this issue. We can deal with the same issue today. But that's not as, it's not as easy as you think. Before we go into understanding how this was a very nice display of wisdom from King Solomon, first of all, let us talk about what wisdom really is. What was the source of Solomon's wisdom? Solomon himself wrote in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, reading from verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. 
a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation the words of the wise and the dark and their dark sayings then verse 7 he now says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction also in proverbs 8 verse 13 he says the fear of the lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do i hate what is it that was wisdom to solomon this wisdom was the foundation of solomon's government and the secret of his success what is it the fear of the lord what did he say that the fear of the lord led him to do verse 8 perhaps 8 verse 13 it made him to hate evil pride arrogancy the evil way and the forward mouth he said do i hate and what was it that he said that the fear of the lord will give to us proverbs 1 verse 4 it says it will give subtlety to the simple to the young man knowledge and discretion and then in verse 3 he said to receive instruction the instruction of wisdom what is it justice judgment and equity what was it that solomon displayed when he dealt with those two harlots he displayed justice he displayed judgment and equity and what is the meaning of that word equity it means fairness impartiality when you are determined to make sure that there is fairness among the people and that was what solomon displayed with those women but we are talking about the source of this wisdom the source of this wisdom as we have seen is to hate evil and it comes from the commandments of god reading from deuteronomy chapter 4 from verse 10 to 13 moses speaking about this fear of god said especially the day that thou stoodest before the lord thy god in horeb when the lord said unto me gather me the people together and i will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth and that they may teach their children and that they may teach their children so so david is saying so moses here is saying the lord said come to horeb i want to teach you to fear me and remember that solomon said that the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom so what is it that the lord taught is the fear of the lord in verse 11 he says and you came near and stood under the mountain and on the mountain burned with fire in unto the midst of heaven with darkness clouds and thick darkness and the lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire you heard the voice of the words but saw no similitude only you heard the voice and he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments and he wrote them upon two tables of stones amen so what was the fear of the lord the lord said to israel come i want to teach you to fear me and then he spoke to them the ten commandments that is the fear of the lord the commandments of the lord is what teaches us how to fear the lord and solomon said the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge do you want to have wisdom do you want to know how solomon became what he became go to that same commandment the lord taught the children of israel how to fear him through nothing other than the commandment it is not written in the philosophical books of today neither is it found in the four walls of the schools and the universities of today do you want to know what wisdom is 
go to your Bible, understand the commandments of God that is exceeding broad. This was where Solomon learned to fear the Lord. Conflict and Courage, page 191, paragraph 4 says, Solomon's divinely inspired wisdom found expression in songs of praise and in many proverbs. In the proverbs of Solomon are outlined principles of holy living and high endeavor, principles that are heaven-born and that lead to godliness, principles that should govern every act of life. It was the wide dissemination of these principles and the recognition of God as the one to whom all praise and honor belong that Solomon's early reign or that made Solomon's early reign a time of moral uplift as well as of material prosperity. So, what brought about material prosperity and moral uplift for Solomon? It was this, the fear of God, principles, living by principles that promote holy living and that promote godliness. When these principles govern every act of our life and we disseminate these principles to the people, then what follows is moral upliftment and what follows moral, follows moral upliftment is that material prosperity. The commandment of God is an expression of love and love is shown in giving. Through the fear of God, Solomon judged Israel in righteousness and God gave him peace. The Bible records that those women who were told to kill the Hebrew children, do you remember in, in the book of Exodus when Pharaoh wanted to kill the children of Israel? They said, the Bible said that because they feared God, they did not do it. Solomon had this fear of God that regards human life and loves to see justice and equity. And that's why he was able to write in the book of Proverbs 16 verse 12, it is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness for the throne is established by righteousness he also said in proverbs 20 verse 28 mercy and truth preserve the king and his throne is upholden by mercy do you see it as abomination to commit wickedness many kings and rulers today do not see it so but solomon's wisdom made him to see it as an abomination to commit wickedness and he understood that his throne was established only by righteousness this was how he was established by righteousness also in proverbs 25 verse 2 he said it is the glory of god to conceal a thing but the honor of the king is to search out a matter so what did he do with those women? He searched out the matter. Proverbs 29 verse 12, if a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked. Proverbs 29 verse 14, the king that faithfully judged the people, the king that faithfully judged the poor, his throne shall be established forever. Amen. So let us look at that story now of those women. These women represent the grassroots of Israel. They were harlots. They were living on that, that work for business. And you see, the very fact that they are even living together, lying on the same bed with their two children, shows you how poor they were. The grassroots were not neglected by Solomon as evidence in his judging of the matter between these two women. What does a king have to do with two women quarreling over a baby? How many presidents have time for that? Do you remember that Israel had many people, they were great in multitude. They were not just a few people, they were in their millions. Ruling Israel was more than ruling Sweden of today and ruling many other nations in Europe that have just very few population. Solomon was able to listen to these two poor women. How many kings and presidents will allow women, harlots, to come to his presence and listen to them, not from another person, but face to face. Solomon did not neglect the grassroots. He said in Proverbs 29, 14, 
the king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. So the wisdom exhibited by Solomon was not just in the manner of him saying, oh, bring the child, let me divide it. No, his mere listening to the poor was already wisdom. And his kingdom was established by listening to these poor women. Not just that they were poor, but they were even doing a business that one would say this is an immoral business. But Solomon didn't look at that. He didn't say, oh, you poor harlots, I will not listen to you. He listened to them nevertheless. This is what would have endeared the people to Solomon. Like I was saying, what does a, woman, a king have to do with two women quarreling over a baby? Not just two women, two harlots. But Solomon listened. Solomon showed his care for the people and for that baby and won the hearts of the women and children through his concern showed in this matter. It was not merely the manner in which he was able to deal with the issue that made the people to fear him, but also the fact that he was not only concerned with wars and politics, but also was concerned with the people. He was a people's person, someone who can be approached and who himself will listen to the people and search the matter till he judged righteously and with equity. Solomon's name would be on the lips of that mother forever and she alone will sing his praises all over Israel. Through her, Solomon's name will be well spoken of in all Israel. This is a lesson for ministers, pastors and also for presidents and rulers. A neglect of the poor is not good. A neglect of the poor because they have nothing to offer is wickedness. The minister who pays close attention to those who give large tithes and neglect the poor will have his position established in wickedness and God will not prosper him. It is frequently the case that many ministers, people who are placed in position, they are like this. They show respect to the rich more than the poor. They give their ears to the rich more than the poor. They give their ears to people who they consider to be moral more than those who they see to be maybe iniquitous. They are partial. They are men-servers. This ought not to be. Proverbs 25, reading from verse 3 to 5 says, The heaven for height and the earth for depth and the heart of the kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. This is another thing that Solomon did. Remember we read earlier that Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 12, If a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked. And Solomon was not one who wanted to listen to lies. Here before him were two women. One was telling the lie and one was telling the truth. And he said, this one says it's my baby. The other one said it's his baby. How would he know the truth? He manifested um, a subtle wisdom to see whose heart was really drawn out towards that child and whose heart was not as much drawn out towards the child. And when he proposed to divide the baby in two, he could observe the one of the women whose heart was drawn out towards the child and he knew that this is the mother of the child. And now we are also reading that Solomon would say in Proverbs 25 verse 5, take away the wicked from before the king and his throne shall be established. And that is what we ought to do wherever we are. Take away the wicked from yourself and your throne will be established. First Kings chapter 4 reading from verse 20 says, Judah and Israel were many as the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river unto the land of the Philistines and unto the border of Egypt. They brought presents and served Solomon all the days of his life. And Solomon's provision for one day was thirty measures of fine flour and three measures of meal ten fat oxen and twenty oxen out of the pastures and an hundred sheep beside hearts 
beside hearts and roebucks and fall, fallow deer and fatted fowl. For he had dominion over all the region on this side the river, from Thipsa even to Aza, over all the kings on this side the river, and he had peace on all sides round about him. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely every man under his vine and under his fig tree from dan even to beersheba all the days of solomon verse 29 says and god gave solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart even as the sand that is on the seashore amen so we see what results here do you remember that since israel entered into canaan they have been having different times of war and apostasy and all of that but solomon directed them to god the wisdom that solomon received from god he disseminated it to the people he taught them and directed them in morality and because of that the people were blessed and here we read that they dwelt safely every man on that vine and remember that we read that israel was like the sea sand of the seashore in multitude now you think of what i was saying earlier with such a people solomon was able to listen to the least of the least this endeared him to the people and then we just read now that god gave solomon largeness of heart even as the sand that is on the seashore what is this largeness of heart it is the wisdom of liberality solomon wrote about it in proverbs 11 reading from verse 23 he wrote the desire of the righteous is only good but the expectation of the wicked is wrath there is that scattereth and yet increaseth and there is that withholdeth more than is meat but it tendeth to poverty the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself he that withholdeth corn the people shall curse him but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it he that diligently seeketh good procureth favor but he that seeketh mischief it shall come unto him he that trusted in his riches shall fall but the righteous shall flourish as a branch he that troubleth his own house as his own people shall inherit the wind and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise behold the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth much more the wicked and the sinner amen Solomon looked after the people of Israel and everyone prospered. By mercy, his kingdom was established and Israel dwelt safely under him. He handled the resources committed to him very wisely so that all were safe and secure. He did not trouble his own house. Like we read here, he talked about being liberal. He gave. And like he said, giving will not make you poor. As a person in leadership, he was not hoarding the wealth. He was giving it to everyone. The Bible records that silver scattered all over Israel like it was sand. That's how much it was. It was not just him who was wealthy. He spread it. And as he was spreading, he himself was increasing. As he was giving, he himself was getting richer. As he was giving, he was getting richer. It was not by withholding. It was not by stinginess and greed, but by giving. His heart was made liberal by the Lord. The Lord made him exceeding uh, great when it comes to liberality. Also in 1 Kings 4 verse 25 it says, And Israel dwelt safely every man under his vine and under his fig tree uh, from Dan even to Bathsheba all the days of Solomon. Also Solomon had another kind of wisdom that was very important. He improved himself in the natural things, in wisdom of science. It says in 1 Kings 4 verse 30, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of egypt for he was wiser than all men than ethan the ezrahite 
Da and Heman and Chalcol and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all nations round about, and he speak three thousand proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five, and he speak of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He speak also of beasts and of fowl, of creeping things and of fishes, and there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom. If we read this in another version, it says in 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 32, he composed 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. He procured manuals of botany, describing every kind of plant from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows on walls. He also produced manuals on biology, describing animals, birds, insects, and fish. People from all nations came to hear Solomon's display of wisdom. They came from all kings of the earth who heard about his wisdom. Amen. Like we read, Solomon took a special interest in natural history, but his researches were not confined to one branch of learning. Through a diligent study of all created things, both animate and inanimate, he gained a clear conception of the Creator. In the forces of nature, in the mineral and animal world, and in every tree and shrub and flower, he saw a revelation of God's wisdom, and as he sought to learn more and more, his knowledge of God and his love for him constantly increased. That's Conflict and Courage, page 191, paragraph 3. Some of the things that he wrote, that he studied, remember, this study of Solomon of biology and the rest is not the type that we do today where we study and it's divested from God. We don't see God and his mighty work in nature. Solomon's own was not like that. He learned lessons of how to live his life, principles from the animals that he was studying and from the insects. He learned more about God. That's why he wrote things like this. Proverbs 6 verse 6 to 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Observe its ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer or ruler, yet it will prepare its food in the summer. It gathers at the harvest what it will eat. Then also he talked about the slot. There is one animal Solomon talked about a lot. This is a slot. If you know the animal called a slot, it's like it's a very slow animal. Apart from it being slow, it doesn't even have energy. If you look at a tortoise, yes, it is slow. But when you see a tortoise when it is even exerting itself, you see that it has energy. He wrote Proverbs 26 from verse 13 to 15. The slothful man said, There is a lion in the way, a lion in the streets, as a door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. These were the things, some of the things that Solomon wrote from the things that he learned in nature, and it was teaching him principles of living in his own personal life, and also it brought him closer to God. And we also can have this wisdom that Solomon had. If we pray to the Lord, wisdom is not just shown in witty sayings, no. Wisdom is shown in expressing concern for the people and bringing them closer to God and that was what Solomon did. Wisdom is found in the commandments of God, that is the fear of the Lord. That is what Solomon said is the beginning of wisdom. He taught him to show mercy to the people. He taught him to be liberal and not to be stingy. He taught him not to hoard wealth but to give, give and give. He taught him to be fair. He taught him to be concerned about the poor and to give even to the little child of the poorest of people so that he was concerned about their well-being. This is what wisdom is and we have that wisdom at our beck and calling. Like we say, wisdom is for the asking. Ask and the Lord will give. If any of us lacks, the Lord will certainly 
gave to us and we will exhibit the same wisdom that Solomon exhibited in our own sphere. Solomon was of course the ruler of Israel and that was why in his own sphere he could influence the people as much as he could and even us too can do the same thing wherever we are. Remember the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the fear of the Lord is found within the commandments of God. One wiser than Solomon yet not as rich as he was is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And his own wisdom was displayed in his teachings. That is the basics of wisdom. It is not about the wealth. The wealth was added to Solomon. That's not what shows that he had wisdom. It is his teaching of the people, the moral excellence. That is what the wisdom was. And our Lord Jesus is the epitome of wisdom. And when you read his words and his teachings and his parables, you will see one that is wiser than Solomon. You will see one and you will understand that this is the person who actually taught Solomon. Solomon did not write parables like Jesus did. He did not teach like Jesus did. Our Lord Jesus is the wisest of people. When you read his writings, even Solomon will have to sit down and oh, he will learn under our Lord Jesus. Go to the Bible, go to the teachings of our Lord and then you will understand what the fear of God is and that is wisdom. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you Lord for telling us to ask for wisdom and that you will give to us Lord, please, here we are. Please give to us that wisdom that we need because without it, we cannot know how to go out and to come in. Help us, Lord, to be true to principle, to follow those principles of righteousness and mercy and equity and judgment, principles that will bring about godliness in our lives. Do it for us, Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.